marketers focused on finding and targeting their ideal customers at scale. I'm your host, Monique Ruiz. I am back with another exciting topic for you this month, one that I'm especially intrigued by because my guest is in a world that is leaps and bounds ahead of my level of comprehension at times, and I'm hoping she can help demystify and put things into layman's terms for me, and of course, you, the listeners. Today, we're jumping into the deep end of the pool and talking data science. What is data science? What does a data scientist do? And why should you as a marketer care to know these things? Don't worry, we've got all the answers and I guarantee this is an episode you'll want to listen to. So I'm going to stop yammering on and bring out our guest, Sarah Anderson, the VP of Data Science here at Claritas. Sarah, welcome to the Marketing Insider. Thanks, Monique. I'm tickled to be chatting with you. Okay. So you're going to have to forgive me for some of the questions I have for you today, because while I do get to work with you and your team on occasion, as I said in my intro, you operate in a world that is more often than not the equivalent of an abstract concept to me. So just imagine as you answer my questions that you're talking to a kindergartner. (laughs) (laughs) I I will start off light with you, though. So please introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, Yeah, so I lead a couple of data science teams here at Claritas, and I've personally been in data science for almost 11 years. So first at Nielsen and now at Claritas, and I'm based in Ithaca, New York. Nice. So data science, it's a critical component of Claritas, and the same could be said for any company that has a team like yours. Yet I don't know how much the average marketer knows about what data science even is. If you had to break it down, how would you describe data science? So data science is basically an interdisciplinary approach to making data-driven decisions. And don't feel bad. Most of the people that I talk to and I say I'm a data scientist look at me sort of blankly <laughs> or look at me like I'm some sort of a wizard. Neither of you are quite right. But part of that is because it covers such a broad array of topics. So depending on what type of question you're trying to answer, the background of the data scientist tackling that question can be very different. So in addition, there are also advanced degrees that are dedicated to the practice of data science. Here at Claritas, we have a large number of solutions designed to provide meaningful business insights for our clients, and those products cover a real variety of content areas. So the background of our data science team is similarly diverse. We have folks who are trained specifically in data science, and they work alongside PhDs in different areas of subject matter expertise, ranging from demography to cognitive science. Generally, these teams are responsible for the creation and the maintenance of methodologies, which are pretty ubiquitous to Claritas. Okay, so you didn't say this, Sarah, and you can plead the fifth if you want, but what I'm hearing is if you're working with or evaluating a company that claims to be data-driven or in the data marketing world, but they don't have a data science team in-house or at their disposal, you might want to look elsewhere because that's what the kids are calling a red flag. <laughs> I don't, I I don't want to get you in trouble, so I'll, I'll quickly move on here. <laughs> no, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. So as you just mentioned, you lead quite a sizable team of data scientists here at Claritas. What are some of the qualities that you look for to make sure that you have a well-rounded set of skills with the people that are working with and for you? Yeah, so that's that's a really great question, Monique. Um, and it's really top of mind for me because I've recently had the opportunity to 
add to our Claritas data science team. Love to hear that. So uh, at a bare minimum, sort of a baseline, our data scientists need to have some really um, advanced technical skills, both in terms of working with several different programming languages and different ways of storing and accessing data. And I also want to have folks who have a lot of experience with big data sets. But on top of that, I think one of the things that really sets us apart is that I'm always looking for someone who is really curious about data and is a real problem solver. So our data scientists are going to be folks who are interested in the data and who want to dive into the sort of weeds of different data sets Mm -hmm. in order to learn about all of the quirks of a data set or all about its personality. And that curiosity really facilitates pattern recognition and anomaly detection that are critical for providing and supporting the best solutions and methodologies. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, and I think this is a little bit more difficult to sort of find, but I'm a big proponent of communication and collaboration. So I really do believe you can be you know, absolutely brilliant, but if you can't communicate that brilliance to anybody else, it's kind of like it never happened. Right. That's critical to the work that we do here because We are constantly interacting with other teams internally and because we have to be able to share ideas from our different academic and professional backgrounds within our team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mentioned up at the beginning of the episode that even I on the marketing side work with your team on occasion. So definitely Mm -hmm. very collaborative. And that's something that you don't always hear company to company. Definitely. I did want to ask you, though, uh, I'm curious, is it common for you to meet directly with clients? Well, it's not unheard of, Mm -hmm. um, but it's not super typical. There are several reasons, though, that we might be meeting directly with a client. If you have a particularly difficult question, those thornier questions make their way to my team. For example, if you have a question about changes from year to year that you're observing in a small area or um, in a different types of data products, that's usually going to come to me. And that's because the interactions that are underlying most of our methodologies are really complex. And it just makes this a sort of difficult question to dig into. Another set of circumstances where we would probably end up chatting with clients is when we're working closely with analytics mm-hmm. to provide a more complex custom solution. So I'm One example would be in a custom segmentation project. Uh, You'll probably find yourself on a call with me at some point. And that's so that I can really understand, you know, what you're trying to do so that we can design the best solution to fit that need. And then the last reason we typically would get on the phone with a client is when product, our product leaders allow us to sort of tag along with them as they engage with clients to plan improvements or new initiatives. And I think that last one is one we're going to be seeing more of in the coming months. So we're really looking forward to that. Yeah. Certain teams within the organization, do they tend to meet with you and your team on a regular basis? I mean, I know you talked about analytics a little bit, uh, Mm -hmm. some of the product teams. Are there any other teams that you didn't mention just now that would meet with you regularly or? Yeah. So I would say on a day-to-day basis, 
we spend most of our time working with the product leaders and with data engineering. Okay. So it's sort of a caricature of the way that these teams work together is that product will provide requirements for a product to us. We will create a methodology to satisfy those requirements and then hand it to data engineering who does the implementation. Then that implementation sort of comes back to us and like, is this really what you meant it to do? Does this look like what you want it to look like? So like I said, that's sort of a cartoon of the way these teams Mm -hmm. work together. And that's really honestly one of my favorite things about Claritas is that we interact much more fluidly than that sort of idealized um, state. So these three groups come together to tackle a problem and provide feedback along the way, um, providing their unique perspectives on progress and those different solutions that we're coming up with. And that really makes the products that we support that much stronger. But yeah, we do interact internally with engineering and the product leaders the most often. Okay. You've done a great job of answering this next question indirectly so far, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) despite me mentioning data science is critical to Claritas, I didn't really go into detail as to why. And that's because I'd like to hear in your words why it's so important to a business like ours and in turn to the clients that come to us to help them with their data-driven marketing, why it's so important to have the data science team. So I briefly did mention that uh, the methodologies we develop and support are sort of ubiquitous to Claritas. And even if you haven't been on the phone with us or chatted with us directly, our work is probably either directly or indirectly touching just about anything you're doing with Claritas. So just two examples of the methodologies that we support are the demographic update or the popbacks data and the segmentation update. And these data are not only sold directly to clients to answer a whole bunch of different types of business questions, but we also use them internally in a number of different ways. Our demographic estimates are used for weighting in our surveys. They're used for assessing bias in new data evaluations. Segmentation similarly is used to assess bias in a more interactive fashion when we're doing data evaluations or in understanding a client's data set. It's not only that data science can build methodologies that are useful for clients in a number of ways, but our methodologies are also supportive of a number of different products within Claritas. So is what you shared in terms of what you guys do, why data science is so important, critical to the business, would you say that's kind of like the standard for data science teams in our industry? Or is there anything that we at Claritas do a little bit differently that might be worth noting as uh, a brand or a partner is looking for a provider relationship? Of course, I'm a little bit biased here. Um But I like to think that nothing we do is standard at Claritas because we really want to make sure that we provide our clients with the most robust data and the most knowledgeable service from our team. So in addition to the extensive education and the years of experience that we have on our team, we're also actively involved in a number of professional associations. Mm -hmm. And this means we're constantly collaborating, learning, teaching, and debating both internally and externally, 
so that we can ensure we're at the forefront of what's happening in our field. Um, Further, we dedicate time and resources to refining and furthering our skill set, also keeping us at the forefront of what's going on in our respective fields. For example, we'll be sitting down for a two-week training session in the early part of 2024 where we're going to be learning some new techniques for working with data. So in addition to just continuing our education and allowing us uh, to refine our skill set, we're also trying to find ways to free up time to have more opportunities for innovation. Right. So, you know, we can talk about what we do here at Claritas best. We can talk about our company best. It's not mm-hmm. always easy to know what others in the industry are doing because a lot of them actually keep their cards pretty close to their chest for good reason. I'm not going to argue against that. And we do right. in some cases as well. But at the same time, we're also very open about a lot of our processes and what we think mm-hmm. and have actually found to be best practices. Right. And that's that's a really good point also. Um because when you do run into these client questions that are difficult to answer, occasionally we run into a question where we discover where the methodology is working as um, designed, but maybe not as intended. Mm. So in those situations, we're very open about the Mm -hmm. limitations of the methodology and how the results that the client is observing could impact business decisions that they're Mm. making. We're also going to be really frank in sharing how and if and when we might address those in the future. And I've seen a number of occasions when that in the future was in the next few weeks. Okay. So I think that's another thing that we do particularly well is that speaking both with authority and candidly Mm -hmm. um, about data science topics. Yes, definitely agree with you there. So let me... um keep moving with questions because I'm looking at Mm -hmm. the clock and I I only have a few more questions for you. I want to be cognizant of your time because it's a busy time of year. Your team never has a dull moment (laughs) with what they're doing, but our podcast listeners are mostly marketers, but they range from working for companies that are either B2B or B2C in their operating style. Does that have any impact at all on what a data science team might do, focus on, or provide for them? Well, theoretically, no. Um, B2B and B2C companies could confidently use the same solutions if they're after the same use case, right? The data products we support are intended to support as many use cases as possible. And that's one of the things that makes creating a new data product take such a long time. But it is important to understand what the limitations of any data set are. So I've seen instances where both B2B and B2C customers were using data in ways that were sort of beyond what the data was intended to do. And they were getting some pretty, you know, squirrely answers as a result. And so that type of assistance and handholding is also part of what data science provides. Um, Mm -hmm. We try to make sure we're covering as many use cases as possible. But if you're outside of that, we want to help guide you about what the limitations are going to be. Right. Something I haven't asked you about yet is related to our acquisition of the AI-powered solution leader, Arts AI. 
with the explosion of AI in the past few years and how it went from a, hopefully I'm not offending anyone here, but more of a buzzword that really didn't mean much in the concrete sense to a lot of people, or maybe just me, uh, (laughs) to now it's a non-negotiable for a company to be considered a viable player in the game, whatever their industry is. Mm -hmm. How is that all going to fit into the future of how your team operates? Well, I'll say we're definitely excited about collaborating with the arts AI folks. Like many data scientists, um, Claritas Data Science has been using machine learning algorithms, which are sort of a subset of AI for, you know, dog's ears. Um, But the acquisition could accelerate innovation in some of our planned new products for next year. I can't say exactly how that's going to take shape just because we're in such an early phase Mm -hmm. of this planning, but we do have plans for testing the relative improvement in performance um, to be gained by incorporating generative AI approaches to our methods. And of course, nobody needs to worry. We will definitely compare those improvements to any volatility or noise we might introduce. Mm -hmm. So maintaining that high quality of trendability in our data. Right. Yeah, we're really excited about it and really excited to see if there are new and different ways where we can be leveraging machine learning that we haven't been in mm-hmm. the past. Yeah, it's the the next frontier, right? So Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there is still, like you said, there's still a lot to discover with AI and incorporating it into daily operations. But while the hope is that it will mostly be positive, I'm sure there's going to inevitably be some hiccups in the road. So speaking Mm -hmm. of, what are some of the common challenges that data scientists seem to face as an organization? Well, I think in terms of the advances in AI, they are amazing. They are really awesome to Mm -hmm watch what folks are doing with it in some areas. But there are also some really interesting limitations that we need to be aware of. And within our business, I think bias is probably going to be one of the first major challenges that we need to be aware of. Right. Our new chief AI officer, uh, Rex Briggs, has provided some AI primers, both internally and externally, And I'm going to steal an example from some of these presentations. Go Um, for it. Yeah. So he was discussing how if you ask something like Midjourney or Dali to provide an image of a doctor, you're likely to return images that are sort of diverse in terms of gender, maybe less diverse in terms of race or ethnicity. More problematically, if you request a good doctor, the images that get returned are usually older and almost exclusively white men. And those types of biases then can compound with emergent properties in the data to lead to some really questionable decisions. Mm -hmm. So AI is exciting. It is new. It has a lot of potential, but it is similar to, you know, more traditional approaches to modeling in that if you give it nonsense input, you will get nonsense output. Right, right. And so I'm really excited about the advances and the new opportunities that AI provides, but I think we're really going to have to be careful with those biases because we don't have as much control over the input that Mm -hmm. generative AI like MidJourney, uh, ChatGPT have access to. Okay. 
Yes, and he doesn't know it yet, but Rex, our chief AI officer, is on my list to grab as a podcast (laughs) guest. (laughs) And I know a lot of you listening out there are anxious to know more about AI in general, but also how how it's going to fit into the business world and Claritas and all that kind of stuff. And I promise you we'll release an episode at some point. It's just, as you said, they've just come on board. So he is a very busy man. (laughs) So it's hard hard to grab his time. As for this episode, Sarah, it has been such a pleasure. And while I know you get asked to do and speak at all kinds of technical type events, podcasts like ours are a little out of your comfort zone. I know you kind of admitted that. So I do appreciate you agreeing to come on today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for the chance. Yeah. So you did awesome and you did give a great overview of data science. And I learned that you're not quite as locked in the basement or the dungeon of the building as I admittedly (laughs) thought before you and I talked today. So if nothing else, you demystified that for me. Well, I am tickled. I'm very glad. (laughs) All right. So that last part, of course, was in jest. But again, I want to thank my guest of honor, Sarah Anderson, VP of Data Science here at Claritas. Thanks so much, Monique. I also want to thank those of you that are listening at home or on the go. If you've not already, please take a moment to follow the Marketing Insider so you never miss an episode. Rate us five stars on your podcast app of choice, our favorite being Spotify, and share us with a friend or colleague so we can keep the conversation going. And with that, we'll see you next time with a brand new episode. Bye now. Bye.